Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 247 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick. He's Justin. Um, Justin, what a week for the Jays. Uh, beating up on Houston and then getting beat up on by Minnesota. I, what do we say? Well, I don't know what to say. How was your week? How are you? I'm, I'm great. Yeah, no, I've just been uh, getting prepped up for my vacation next week as well as we were getting our house painted right after that so it's been a busy yep. week of just like there's sh- there's st- there's shit everywhere around my house right now just trying to tidy things and hide things in closets and pack yeah and so yeah it's been it's been busy but um looking forward to watching the the rider game after we're done recording today here so is this regular back. season first week of the season yeah all right, watch fresh. the riders and the elks and just Fre- relax. I'm on the rider train now too because I don't have a team. You are until they lose, and then you're off it immediately. That's how you go. Well, it's a <laughs> CFL. No one really cares. That's um, rude. I will say this. Well, no, the Alouettes won. I'm on. I'm on the Alouette hype train. I'm also on the rider hype train. That's my. That's that. That's my perfect gray cup. I don't see that happening for either team this year, but I, I like to be no. wrong. The Riders are the fourth best team in, in their division. That's so. likely true, yeah. So, yeah. No, I get you. You know what? Lots of cool things. Sports. Sports are back. Sports. We like CFL here. We like Formula One. It was a break week, but uh, we had Le Mans. If you're into endurance driving, we got you got to enjoy Le Mans. Ferrari didn't participate for 50 years. Comes back, wins. Won the whole damn thing. Refuses to elaborate. Leaves again for 50 years. Probably. Leaves again for 50 years, yeah. Um, but we're a baseball podcast. So we're going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about uh, a little, very little about the Houston Astros and beating them up. We're going to talk about uh, what went wrong against the Twins. Um, and then we're going to preview a bunch of series because we're not going to be able to record until at least... Oh my god, I don't even it's, know when. It's going to be a while, we'll say that much. Um, it's been a while. Conservatively, I would say maybe the 22nd, which is the next off day after tomorrow. So Yeah, it's going to be 11 days. It's 11 days of no... And that's if my house isn't in shambles from painting still, if I can yeah, get it's, into my it's office. <laughs> another hiatus for us. I swear yeah. to God, we're not going anywhere, we're just... It's, it's summer. summer. We got shit going on. <laughs> we got shit to do. And this, there's still five more months of baseball. There's still how many games left in this season? Well, there's like 90, that's 99. Four and a half months. But yeah. yeah, it's just that there's so much baseball, you're not even going to miss us. Uh, but if you do like what we do, Twitter at BFMD Podcast, website BFMDpodcast.com. You know how to find us at this point. Um, let's just get right into it. Uh, first thing I want to talk about in the news Justin, take us back to a week ago. We're having a conversation previewing the Houston series. And uh, one of us said whoever won the second game of the series was going to win the whole series. Yeah, it was probably me. I'm the only one, I'm the only one who ever has any intelligent takes on this show. So. You son <laughs> of a bitch. The first sorry, game... I had to do it. Yeah, no, it's fair. Uh, you set the me fir- up. first game was a disaster. Uh, of course, Alec Manoa... Um, I don't want to say that he shat the bed because I, I think at this point there's no bed. It's just shit everywhere. Um, <laughs> I mean, we were uh, the game was over after the first it, inning. It was it the was... nail in the coffin for the Akna Manoa demotion train. It left the station in a hurry after that game. Yeah, Alec Manoa demoted. Uh, we expected to see that. Uh, sooner than later. I don't know, though, if either of it. us expected a demotion straight to Florida, though. I think it's it's for the best, of course, because he's being sent down to the Florida Complex League, which is effectively they're sending him to work out at the Player Development Complex. They have what they call the Pitching Lab down there, where they have a ton of, uh, like, a bullpen with a ton of data and cameras, and they're going to be able to analyze and make changes to his delivery in every aspect down there because it clearly hasn't been right all season he's been fighting it and they'll be able to just work on getting him back to who he was last season because the delivery has gone gone completely away from him so that's what they're going to work on it might be a while before he even gets into a game down there 
Uh, it could be a couple weeks. It could be three weeks before he even sees any game action. But they'll work him back in slowly and make sure that the changes that they are making behind the scenes actually go into practice when he takes the mound in a game. If I recall the original uh, prospecting that happened after this was called, yeah, it was anticipated that Manoa would miss two full rotations. Yeah, they said they said two to three, but it's gonna be longer than that. Let's be real. Yeah, I just wanted to set the table yeah, for yeah, everybody yeah. that this isn't gonna be a go down there for a week, find your groove <laughs> like Stella did, and yeah. then come right back. This is uh, you're going back to the lab mm-hmm. to be rebuilt from scratch, basically. I mean, yeah. obviously he can still pitch. Um, yeah, he can throw a baseball. It's I don't the know mechanics can... that they yeah. work on. So I actually think the Florida Complex League is a better call than going to AAA because one hundred percent completely away from any and all prying eyes. There's nobody going to be paying attention to the Florida Complex League or the complex itself. Uh, millions of dollars were dumped into making that place uh, one of the best minor league facilities, if not the best minor league facility in baseball. Um, not surprised. Uh, it is a little bit concerning when it comes to from when you're looking at depth. Yeah. There's not really anybody to replace him. We're really going to have to have at least two bullpen days, if not well, three. Well, I mean... Trevor Richards is obviously the ace of this rotation now after the yeah, clearly had the other day. So. But we'll I'll, like we'll, we'll just we'll talk about this for a little bit and then we'll actually talk about the twin series because there were a few moves this week with pitchers. We saw that uh, I think it was Zach Thompson was outrighted or or yeah, DFA. He was DFA. Sorry, they had that. they had to make room for Bowden Francis to be added to the forty man roster. So yeah, so yeah. he is now on the forty man and he's also called up. Is he not? Uh, he was so he he and he pitched in the game yesterday behind Richards, um, but today was sent down for Thomas Hatch, who pitched in today's game, because they needed somebody to come up and be in the bullpen who could, again, provide some some bulk relief if needed, and they had to use Hatch straight away today after Gosman couldn't get out of the fourth. Um, yeah. So, but we'll we'll talk about that a bit more. So yeah, Bowden Francis was on the team. I anticipate that he'll probably be called back up for the next uh, Manoa day in the rotation, which will come against uh, not Baltimore, but uh, Texas. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But we, the the Jays are going to line up for uh, Bassett, Burrios, Kikuchi against the Orioles. So at least you won't have Manoa, the Manoa spot come up against the division foe. It'll be your three guys who have been in the rotation all year, thankfully. But there aren't going to be too many games where the Jays have to patch some sort of bulk right. together. Yeah, that's the good thing. The All Star break will give us a good long stretch where everybody can rest. Yeah, I don't think any of our starters are in danger of being selected to go to the All Star game. Uh, yeah, Gosman's probably the only the closest one, and, and maybe Bassett if he keeps pitching like he has recently. I mean, they've all been yeah. good. It's yeah. just the thing is, like, what they'll probably end up doing is Vladdy might get a reserve spot and then Bo. I don't even know if Vladdy's playing well enough to get that at the moment. Yeah, Unless I mean, he, the most likely it'll be Bo Bichette and then Jordan Romano would be the the two guys, I would think. Maybe yeah, Eric Swanson. It depends but who like, the fans decide to vote in, too. Like, you might see... You well, that's that's why I'm saying yeah. Vladdy is... is yeah. I, 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 because he's one of the more popular players in the league. The fans vote for the starters, though, not the reserves. So, so it'll be different. it'll be interesting to see, one way or the other. I don't think we'll have a lot of players going to the All Star game this year because everybody has been good. Yeah. Not great. So. Um, that's good, fine though. The good news too, Patrick, about the rotation is that because there is an off day like next week on the twenty second. And then another one on the 26th, they'll likely be able to. And then another one on the 3rd of July, they'll likely be able to skip that Manoa spot a couple of times. 
and then we that's, just go to that's a, what i mean by yeah, rope like go, yeah, every, go to a four man rotation just if for those everybody things. has has regular rest quote yeah. unquote there's only two maybe three starts they have to before fill, they and, and we've already experienced one of them that's right so so it is it is going to be a bit of a jigsaw puzzle on those days where that one comes up it's going to depend it's, it's going to be a mixture of, of richards pearson either hatch or or francis whoever's up from triple a at that given moment yeah and then you might see guys like uh um like bat uh, uh, like garcia come out for an inning and maybe try and get more than an inning out of him so it's but it'll be one yeah. if not two like it'll be there'll be one there'll either be one more or two more take your yeah. pick something like that anyway let's talk about the, the series against the twins mm-hmm. i don't even want to talk about it but we'll talk about it we'll say first just just quickly the jays won three out of four against the astros with the only game that they lost being that manoa turned the rotation every other game they were able to win they're great they're great it was a good series for the blue jays yeah. They got as close as half a game back of the wild card. I know it's still early. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, let's Friday night. Yeah, let's talk about the Twins. So for the second time in a few weeks, the Jays saw the Twins. This will conclude the season series with Minnesota. The Jays. Uh, Friday night was a tough one, Patrick. There was yep. there were plenty of chances to win. This was a ten inning loss, three to two. With the big reason for the Jays losing being that they were one for thirteen with runners in scoring position, and that yep. included the biggest moment of the game when they had second and third, nobody out in the ninth, and could not score a single run. Um, it's it's a couple of them were no fault of the Blue Jays. I mean, Alejandro Kirk laced a ground ball that is likely a hit the majority of the time, um, but the Twins second baseman in that game who was uh at the time uh willie castro he made a great play uh sliding to keep that on the infield bobachette struck out on a curveball that bounced like eight feet in front of the plate and then brandon belt laced the line drive that was unfortunately again right at willie castro at second base so uh, on the other day one of those two Balls in play may have scored a run, uh, but the Bichette at bat was absolutely miserable. Um, and I I don't know what he was doing in that moment, but the Blue Jays seem to have this problem where they they just swing at everything. And Bo saw four pitches in that at bat. He took a he took a ball inside in this from the first pitch. Then fouled off a, a, a ball that was a strike, fouled off another ball that was a strike, and then swung at the curveball that was like it bounced before it got to the plate. So it wasn't even close to being competitive. And that was really the at bat that put them in the hole, right? You get a ball in play there that might maybe scores a run, but then the unfortunately the belt lineout was just unfortunate. But yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I would say that um, that what really sucks too is like Simber gives up the hit, and that's really. That's the difference. That's why this game isn't still being played. That's you know true. what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. and then he follows it up with uh, an absolute well and bed the, shitter the next yeah, day. The but the to be fair too to Simber that the hit that um, Royce Lewis got was like a swinging bunt up the third baseline. It was not what he was trying to do on that. Like what Lewis was trying yeah. to do, it just kind of happened um and unfortunately yeah like that moves the runner to third base and then he scored on a sacrifice fly a couple batters later so it's 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 tough you know like it it happens (laughs) kikuchi gave us five innings uh the walks uh, he only gave up one walk he had four k's but again another home run this time a two-run shot nate pearson with the the bounce back gave us six outs yeah Uh, Jimmy with the bounce back gave us an inning. Swanson gave us an inning. And then, obviously, disaster in the 10th. There's really not much else to say about this game, except you're going to win these games. We certainly have won our share of these types of games this season. And uh, this time around, it was uh, our turn to lose. So let's just move on to the, the next game in the sequence. Yes. Uh, Saturday, 
it was a bullpen day, but everything really fell apart in the eighth inning for the Jays as they got swamped nine yep. to four. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, again, uh, I, I, I don't want to beat up on Adam Simber because it's not really fair, but he gave I mean... us one out, five hits, six earned runs. Um, a grand slam. Yeah, the grand slam hurts. Um, how confident are you with uh, uh, with uh, Adam Simber at this point? Oh, I'm not confident at all. Like he he can't be anywhere near leverage right now. No, he's he's pitching in blowouts at this point, or you're up by five. You know, like he's he he's until he has a run of five or six good outings in a row. I mean, he can't be coming in, in a close game. He hasn't had um, one of those all season. He hasn't had a good yeah, run at all. It, it's unfortunate. I mean, he got hurt there for a bit and just hasn't been good since he's come back either. So I don't know what's going on with him. Um, but I mean, they you can you can say whatever it is, but he, he's he's not executing, so it doesn't really matter at this point. He's just not not good right now. There's almost nothing to extrapolate except he's throwing a boatload of pitches. He threw a fuck ton of pitches in May, uh, and he's already thrown 68 pitches in. March and I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but he's been stretched yeah. way beyond what he should be left in a game for. But uh, I think, I mean, the game, the nine to four lot, that was a, a sunk cost, I guess you could say. But. Yeah, it's too bad because you you did get a good six innings from Richards, Mesa, and Francis in that game. Like Richard, uh, Francis allowed a solo shot. Richards had seven strikeouts in his three innings of work. Uh, Mesa went an inning in a third and gave you a couple of strikeouts there, and then Francis provided some bulk too. So I mean, you you're feeling pretty good about yourself at that point. You're actually winning the game three to nothing after the six innings that those three guys combined for, and then you give up nine runnings in the next three innings and, and lose the game. And it's it's yeah, tough. I, I mean, that's that that just goes to show, right? I mean, we, you you mentioned it before in the episode. The the depth is not there for starting pitching. This was the Manoa spot, of course. The depth's not there for starting pitching and the back end of the bullpen right now. I mean, and by back end, I mean like the the back end of the bench with Simber and White, who was just activated before this game, is is obviously not good right now either. So it's tough. Yeah, I don't, wh- I don't even know. Like, what is there to say? What it like? What can we even say at this point uh, about Mitch White? Yeah, I don't know, and it's it's really gonna be interesting to see how much of an actual runway he gets. It's it better not be <laughs> a situation where they they decide to just just to keep him on the roster because he has no options. It's stupid though because he's been so god awful. Like yeah. I'd ra- like losing him for nothing. He he's pitching so bad. I I don't see the point. Yeah, I'd rather Jay Jackson in that spot. At least we know that he's got the. Uh, experience he, he can get yeah, some outs uh, and he's given given the blue jays some outs in his, in his couple times up so far so i don't know i'm anticipating that we might see jackson in the bullpen during the the baltimore series if they do send thomas hatch down i don't know he seems like a guy who could yeah. come up for that since they won't need the manoa spot in this series so I would well, it, we might see him back up on tuesday it was a poopy game but uh fortunately the jays finished off the three games set against the Twins with a dub, with the, I guess you could call it a comeback win. I get, well, yeah, I guess it, it is was, a yeah, win. it was definitely a comeback win. Because uh, they were down at one <laughs> point, they one. were down six to one. Uh, finally, got it, getting some some hits. I believe every starter except for Bo had a hit. Yep. Um, tough series for Bo, actually. Yeah, it's been a tough couple of series for him. Kevin Gossman looked uh, pretty awful in the first inning. Yep. Uh, started to to level off, but uh, Jesus Christ, he was awful in that first inning. He just couldn't get anything in the zone. He was leaning so hard on the splitter, and the Twins were like, "Nah, we'll sit fastball." And <laughs> uh, the walks and the hits, it was just a disaster. It was yep. brutal. Uh, I I don't know if it exactly what the reasons are. I don't think that I'm uh, savvy enough to be able to point out exactly when uh a pitcher is tipping but these guys were sitting fastball yeah and this was this was two two starts that he's had against the twins this season where they've kind of just had his number 
Those so they, are the only they, two bad starts he's had. Well, I mean, he had one against the Houston as well, but uh, they they may they might have something on him. Maybe uh, Rocco Badelli in their bullpen has something on him. So were they both home games? No, one was in in Minnesota because they. I don't think it's. The road. I don't think it's tipping that. I just think they they've scouted. The they've shit got something on him. Yeah, they know what he, they 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 know what to look for, and and they they executed on it. So credit to them. But I mean, credit to the Blue Jays bullpen again for slamming the door shut. Um, Thomas Hatch did come in in this game, Patrick, and did give up a couple of hits that led to an extra run being tacked on to Gosman. But those are the only runs. Those six runs that were charged to Gosman are the only runs in the game. Hatch did have a, a, a second inning where he came back out and was able to put up a zero, and then Pearson again went two innings and struck out three and only gave up one hit before Romano was able to come in and, and close it out. So can I Can I point something out? That I find absolutely insane. Sure. Do you, okay, so since uh, getting called up, Nate Pearson has given us more than three outs. Uh, I'm counting it all up now. Eight times, including yep. June 9th and June 11th. That was the. Innings. That was the. Um the point of moving him to the bullpen is that he wasn't going to be just the three out guy. He was going to be a guy who could give you uh, six outs, you know, it, you know, what's also it's strange it's too honest. about this. I mean, he's had a great season so far this year, uh, just 2.05 ERA, 25 K's and 22 innings pitch. The whip is 0.95. That's excellent. Yeah. That's like Tim Mesa levels of excellence, but he's also a four and O and I love that because wins don't matter, but the team is, you know, there's a lot of confidence behind Nate Pearson right now. Well, and, I, think, and, uh, I think what that shows in your reliever when, when you have a good win-loss record is that you're coming into a, into games that are close, right? Where your team yeah. is either tied or down, but you you he's giving them quality outings and giving them a chance to come back, which is what they've done a few of those times. So, I love that's it. That's the thing. I love it. Vladdy had a good game, two for five with a ribby. Chapman, obviously, with the three-run ding-dong. Yep. Uh, Kevin Biggio. Let's talk about Kevin Biggio. Yeah, I mean, it's the last 15 games, he's got a pretty good slash line. The last seven games, not as much. Only a 188 average. But um, that that season OPS is, is climbing back up a little bit to love a it. point where it's, it's at, it's at uh, like six. 20 something now or yeah 623 but for a while there it was below 500 so the fact that he is hitting a bit better uh was two for four today with three rbis on that long home run it's like 423 feet i believe it was an absolute no doubter uh, in a big moment so it was nice to see that big hit come from the bottom of the order right a guy who's been needing that hit all year finally got one uh, another good day at the plate for for Dalton Varsho, Patrick. Two for four again. Yep. Um, stole a base as well. Him and Merrifield executed a double steal before that Biggio bomb. So, uh, uh, so that was in a different inning. Never mind. It was Kirk who was Kirk and Espinal were on base. Chappie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chappie's average has dropped a hundred points. Well, we always knew it was going the to. end of April. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, the decline has been so dramatic. His OPS yeah. has also dropped like. Yeah, points but well, for the just... for the most part, like, we 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 always knew who Matt Chapman was, and he was not a guy who was going to hit four hundred because his career OPS is just below eight hundred, and it's actually probably come up like twenty points this this season at one point. But he's hitting. He's still hitting above his career norms, and if he can stabilize and produce at, at the at the level of his current numbers and and can t- and stop the free fall, then he'll be fine. He'll be more than a more than capable producer. But the fact that he's hit yeah. 177 over his last 30 games and is still getting everyday at bats in the fourth and fifth spots in the order, it's not good. But it also goes to show you that outside of the Springers, the Vladdies, and the Bows, the rest of the Blue Jays lineup isn't really set in stone um, in terms of who's going to hit where. Belt's been in that top four a lot lately, and deservedly so. He's obviously leading, leading baseball in OPS like the last month. Um, so he's been up there, but he's he's a little bit 
he's got a bit of a, a, a groin or hamstring kind of tightness that he experienced yesterday. They're hoping they won't IL him, but yeah, uh, is what it is. But yeah, the lineup the lineup below the top three guys who are your everyday players has been just a hodgepodge of you. Tr- let's try hitting this guy here. Let's try hitting this guy here. Thankfully, Kirky is hitting well. It looks like Danny Jansen might be back in Baltimore. Patrick, he's had a good a good couple games in Buffalo. He's uh, had four hits in his two in his eight at bats, including a home run and two doubles. So it's good to see him hitting well in a rehab assignment because they could use him and use another bat in the lineup, especially going into a tough nine game road trip. So I would not be surprised to see Danny Jansen on Tuesday in the Blue Jays clubhouse either. Well, it, it means they don't have to put Nathan Lucas or Santiago Espinal in the lineup. To, like, because obviously yeah. that's a bit of a black hole. Well, as far as it was offense. tough, tough today, right? When you had Nathan Lucas, Santiago Espinal, and Kevin Vigio all starting because you didn't have Brandon Belt. Um, SB pinch hit to though. play first base. Yeah, SB did. That's true. Yeah, he came in, but I mean, you had to play them all in the same game. It's good that today they they <coughs> like. It's good that today Espinal got on base for the Vigio home run, of course. Um, and of course, Vigio with with a big day, but Lucas was 0 for two in this game, um, and continues to kind of struggle at the big league level. Hasn't gotten a lot of playing time, of course, but that was always going to be the thing for him. Um, but this this uh, this kind of series went to show you the importance of having a guy like Dalton Varsho in the lineup and a guy like Whit Merrifield on the team too. Where Kevin Kiermaier took the that that pitch in the wrist and was unable to start the last few games. He did come in to pinch run for Espinal and then stayed in center field for the ninth. So hopefully that means he's good to go for Tuesday. But you had Varsho start in center field and then move to left field. You had Merrifield start at second base, go out to left field when Espinal came in and when Lucas came out, and then go and then Merrifield went back to second base when they came when they put Kiermaier in. So just having these guys who have that versatility uh, to move around in game and, and cover those different positions and play good defense in those positions uh, is it's it's incredibly important. So that's that's the one positive I'm taking out of that game today besides the win. Yeah, fair enough. I don't have much else to say except I I I'm you know good for Thomas Hatch uh, you know to come in and uh, log those innings the last couple games. Yeah. Uh, he has not had a good triple a season he's not really had a good triple a career but um it's good to see you know he's got the opportunity obviously he hasn't really been scouted very much because he was able to pull off you know 2.2 impressive innings let's see what happens with uh you know the next uh, couple weeks because obviously there's going to be a bit of a revolving door of triple a guys in and out yeah um but I think it's very safe to say that Nate Nate Pearson was a guy that we didn't expect to be high leverage this year. Um, in fact, at the beginning of the year, I, I, I didn't I, I wanted him on the team, but I, I put him below everybody, including uh, our most recent uh, dearly departed uh, pitcher. Uh, I don't. Do we want to talk about that, or do no, we just want to? I I want to just scrub him from the record completely. We don't have to acknowledge that he even exists anymore, as far as I'm concerned. I think that's totally fair. And what I'll also say, um, that's not related to him, is that I'm really proud of the Toronto Blue Jays for having you know a Pride weekend and having uh, a Pride game. I guess you could say with yeah, the uh, it's with, yeah. It, the beginning of the weekend was overshadowed by some negativity, of course, and the team did not handle things last week well at all, like at all. It's It's been talked about everywhere else. I don't want to mention player names, but I will say that um, I'm, I'm happy the way that things turned out in the end. It was for the best, and hopefully going forward and in future years, Anytime that there is a a clash of an idiot versus what's right, I hope the Blue Jays choose what's right sooner than trying to protect the idiot. So, 
Yep, I would agree with that. Let's leave it at that. Let's yep. man, we've got a lot to pre we've yeah. got like a million games to preview. Yeah, it's is, tough. Let's, I mean let's do it. Let's talk about Baltimore, Patrick. That's where the Blue Jays are oh, headed yeah. next. Uh they're no longer the trash birds. We cannot call them that anymore, and we likely will not be able to call them that for the foreseeable future. Respect. Give them respect. Hundred percent. They 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 had a long and painful rebuild. But now they're finally seeing dividends. They've got young players on the team like Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson um, who are really carrying a lot of the load. And they found some gems in the rough like uh, Yenir Cano and uh, Felix Bautista in their, in their bullpen who have been outstanding. Uh, Cedric Mullins is having a bounce back year. He was a little bit down last year, but he's now leading the team in OPS at 835. The thing about wow. Baltimore, Patrick, is they don't have like that that superstar who carries them offensively. They don't, they don't have like a Bo Bichette right now who's hitting 330. They don't have uh, a Lisa Rise from Miami who's hitting almost 400, right? They don't have that one big guy, but they do it by committee. It's kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays in a sense where they get contributions up and down the lineup. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle leads them with 11 home runs, but has a very low OPS of 685 because he's not taking walks, is striking out a ton, and has had some terrible BABIP so far this season, but we call him daddy when he plays against the blue jays because he seems to just terrorize the living shit out of the jays and i do think that a big reason for his kind of declining numbers this year has been that uh that short porch or that long porch excuse me in left field in baltimore has taken away a lot of home runs from guys like mount castle who are pretty pretty pull happy when it comes to their home run stroke um i'll actually i'm actually pulling up his his savant page and looking at the expected home runs by park this year and it's it's he's only got 10 home runs if he had every uh, hit in Baltimore. But he's got 15 if he hits in Yankee Stadium, Angel Stadium, so and 16 if he hits in Cincinnati. So he is losing out on a lot of power because of that uh, long porch in left field in Baltimore. So don't count him out just because he's got kind of bad numbers so far this season. Yeah, it's going to be this. I mean, this is a tough matchup. Baltimore, can I ask you a question? No. Yeah, yes or no? It's <laughs> yes. yes or no. Okay. Has Baltimore is has Baltimore's rebuild surged the Orioles past the Jays? Um, I'm gonna say no. Because I don't think the Blue Jays have played their best baseball yet, and I think that Baltimore is. I don't think Baltimore is any better than what they are right now. This what is I the find best really... they could possibly play. What I find really interesting is uh, I did a little bit of snooping, as one does, uh, and checking out what Baltimore fans have to say. They are shocked. Uh, or Well, I shouldn't say shocked. That's a little bit over the top. They're, they're surprised, pleasantly so, uh, at Baltimore's performance so far this season. And I've only read a couple of things that were like, this, eventually the sky is going to fall on us but i actually think this is as good like i this is as good as they play i still see them as uh i wouldn't say a lock for a playoff position because i don't think there is a lock really outside of tampa so far but i, I think they they i wouldn't say they're past the jays but the fact that they've been able to draft uh at a higher uh, number for a number of years, and then also uh, just seem to have sensational scouting. Yeah, finding value where there is none, um, or, or seemingly none. Uh, they just they're they're getting phenomenal starting pitching, which I did not think they would get, and they've built a bullpen uh, out of what felt like other teams' spare parts. Yeah, um... and that's terrific. The spare parts analogy is pretty accurate. But, I mean, I want to talk about Felix Bautista before we talk about any of the starting pitchers. Yeah, I'm ready to do the preview for them. But tell me yeah. about Felix Bautista. He's He's got 17 saves. He's he's one behind Jordan Romano, and I believe Romano is third. Yeah, something like that. I don't keep track of that leaderboard anymore. But this is only his, his second full season in the Big Leagues, Patrick. He pitched in 65 games for Baltimore last year. Uh, and he's really just ramped it up even further this year. So he's got 64 strikeouts already. He's actually the 100th percentile for K percentage in baseball, as well as for whip, whip, or whiff percentage, swing and miss. And 
99th for expected batting average and slugging against. So he does not give up a lot of contact. He does give up hard contact, which is just like Jordan Romano in a sense. I mean, typically when a guy throws high velocity, he averages 99 on his fastball. Contact is going to be pretty hard when guys do make contact. But the quality of contact has not been there. The expected results are still very much in Bautista's favor. The only knock against him is that he will walk batters at times. He's got only ninth percentile in terms of walk percentage. So that's a little, like, that's high in terms of the fact that the low numbers are bad on Savant, of course. So he does give up his walks, but because of the great swing and miss stuff, he's able to really uh, get away with it in a sense. He's already appeared in 30 games, so he does not just pitch in save situations. He gets brought into brought into games when they're close. Him and Yenir Cano have been absolutely tremendous for Baltimore so far this year. He, he's on pace to appear in almost uh, in like 80 games if he keeps up his current pace. So that's a lot of appearances for him. You want to know what I really like about Felix Bautista? His pitch mix. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> it's listed as a split finger split finger cha- it's definitely a change Savant. Yeah. yeah yes i know that i'm just saying for those of you interested in analytics yep uh it's listed as a split finger uh and he he hits the zone exactly where you want it it's filthy with it where it's right below the zone so you're swinging at something that's already dropped uh while you're swinging it it's really annoying um but he's got the heater my god he throws 100 miles an hour Yep. <laughs> and um, what I what I find really interesting is just how aggressive he is um, with uh, high middle. When you got That's, the velo, see if when you know when you you got the velo, do it, challenge them. Yep. He does get hit hard, and he does give up a lot of walks, but he's still remarkably effective. Nobody's really gotten to him, you know, the same way that we've seen Jordan Romano gotten to before he does have four blown saves this season as well I will he say does that, so. he's a, he's also six foot eight 280 yeah, he's an absolute monster of, of a human of goddamn muscle yeah this guy he's a he's yeah, in he's... the 100th percentile for whiff percentage and 100th percentile for k percentage he's uh, currently working on a seven game scoreless streak right now has yeah. not given up a run since may the 23rd and has not given up more than one run uh since his first three appearances of the season where he gave his up k his case per nine is above 18 yeah he's like i said he he is the 100th percentile for k percentage <laughs> nobody is higher Bef- than him <laughs> yeah before you go to bed tonight check underneath <laughs> your bed for Felix Bautista because he's an absolute monster yeah. who's coming to get you. Uh, he's yeah, he scares me. Uh, there's nobody else really in that pen that scares me. I uh, that's that's not right either because Yanir Cano is just as good. But he's good, but I, I Felix Bautista scares me. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, Yanir Cano has only four walks in 34 innings pitched. So that's. I, <laughs> That just means he's good at hitting That's, the zone. Yes, but also has given up four earned runs in that time. He has a 106 ERA, Patrick. He's their that is setup. He's their setup man. So if you go into the eighth inning tied or trailing against Baltimore, you've pretty much lost. You're dead in the water. Yeah, you've pretty but much lost. Felix Batista legitimately is terrifying. Yes, he is an incredible I, I, talent at the moment. I do, I do not want to... I do not want to step into the batter's box, and I never will against Felix Bautista. Uh, thank God. But um, <laughs> let's briefly preview the starters we're going to be facing from Baltimore. We've got Dean Kremer, uh, or Kremer, I'm not sure. It's Kremer? Kremer, yeah. Kremer, okay, good. Um, not really off to a great start this year. His record looks good, but again, we don't care about wins and losses. We care about performance. And... He is not really striking guys out. He gets hit real hard. Uh, he's got a good curveball, but uh, and he doesn't walk guys. But uh, there's not a lot here to be scared of. Um, no, yeah, it's the four seamer is good. The sinker is really good, but the cutter. Guess what? It's a bad cutter. What a surprise. Um, the changeup 
has been smoked. The sweeper yeah. has been smoked. There's just his off this, speed pitches are not good. No, um, uh, I I ain't afraid of him. Uh, this will be uh, his second start against the Jays. His first one was back on May 21st, so not that long ago. And uh, 5.1 innings pitched, nine hits, only one earned run, which was a solo home run, two walks, seven strikeouts, a 1.4, or sorry, a 1.48 whip. He's lucky he didn't get tagged for a lot worse. Imagine giving up nine hits and two walks and only giving up one earned run. That's a tremendous uh, crisis management right there. (laughs) <laughs> yep, that was a really frustrating game, if I recall it correctly. But it sure was. Kremer is is not off to a great start, and I think uh, doesn't he slot in at uh, one or two? I can't recall where he is in the rotation so anymore. The, but I mean, anyway, he, he's coming off of a start where he gave up six runs to the Brewers over five innings. Um, that start against the Blue Jays that you mentioned was kind of his last really good start. It wasn't even that good in terms of like not giving up a lot of runs, but yeah, you're right. It, it, it he dodged he dodged a lot of bullets in that game, but since then he's been allowing a lot more traffic and a lot more runs. So it's uh, the Blue Jays are kind of catching him at a good time where he's coming off of a shaky start and they have the opportunity to to pile on to that. Unlike last year where he got guys to chase, he's not getting guys to chase this year. You're right. Yeah. Uh, fastball velocity is up. But the spin is down. Hmm. Okay. Uh, 1.44 whip. You can expect to see a lot of balls, uh, a lot of off-speed muffins in the zone. So I hope the Jays capitalize on it just like they did last time. It's just when you get guys in scoring position, you got to bring them home. We got to win this game. This is a big one Um, because it gets tougher. Um, any final thoughts on Dean Kremer? Nope. Let's talk about Kyle Bradish. Uh, do you want to talk about Kyle Bradish? I, I don't, but I will. I'll talk about, <laughs> I'll, how about this? I'll talk about Kyle Bradish. You talk about Tyler Wells. Sure. Uh, so Kyle Bradish takes the bump in the second game. Uh, he's having, uh, an okay season. He has a 4.25 ERA and a 1.36 whip, which are not really that impressive for numbers. No. He gets hit hard. Uh, he doesn't walk a lot of guys, but he also doesn't get guys to strike out a lot either. He's just kind of a middle-of-the-road pitcher. He has a not-good fastball, which is unfortunate because that is his primary pitch. Uh, he mixes the fastball and the slider, and then he does throw a curveball and a sinker. His best pitch is the curveball, um, but he also throws that the third least amount of time. Mm-hmm. Is that the right phrasing? Yeah, third most, third least. Depends if you're yeah. glass half full or half empty kind of guy. His his mix, I mean, his mix, I'm looking at it, and there's nothing here really to, to be scared of either. He's I, kind of the opposite of Kremer, right? Kremer had not great off-speed pitches, whereas Bradish does, and... They, I think they play off each other a little bit in that sense, being back-to-back, where one day you're looking for the muffin of a, of a hanging offbeat pitch, and the next day you're going up there and you have to switch back to um, looking for the fastball. So The chase rate is up and the whiff percentage is up, but the walk rate is way up. And and that's because of the, the breaking pitches, right? He's yeah, getting, his break pitches just there, get hit. But they're not strikes, so... <laughs> so he, this is also an opportunity for the Jays to capitalize on someone who's kind of scuffling at the start of the year. We have not faced him yet this season, um, despite the fact that he's already logged 53 innings. Yeah, uh, This will be kind of a, f- a fresh opportunity for him and certainly an opportunity for the Jays to capitalize on uh, what the kids call mid <laughs> Uh, all right. Wow. Well, he's only, and he doesn't usually go more than he's, he's only gone more than six innings twice and has never made it into the seventh inning. He's gone six and two thirds a couple times. Last two starts, he's only went four and five innings. So 
Um, that said, expect now a uh, complete game shutout with like 76 pitches. Yeah, probably going to Maddox us now. You're it's right. going to Maddox us now. <laughs> it's just that every time we bring up stuff like that, it just it blows up in our face. But well, jinxes aren't real. Bradish, Bradish and Kremer don't scare me, but Tyler Wells is a formidable pitcher. Tell me about him. Yeah, Tyler Wells is interesting for me. I Another big boy. Yeah, the, the Orioles have just kind of stacked their rotation with some, some monsters here. This guy's 6'8", 260. Jesus. 28-year-old. He's having a kind of a career year at the moment, anyway, in terms of his numbers, Patrick. He's 5-2 and two so far through 13 games. 12 of them have been starts. Uh, he's coming off of uh, a couple of good, a few good starts in a row here. He's got three good starts against uh, Cleveland, San Fran, and the Royals. So some teams who are not competing in terms of the level of the AL East at the moment. He did get roughed up by the Yankees in his uh, fourth most recent start. Gave up five runs over five innings there. His weakness has been the home run ball lately. Uh, he gave up nine in the month of May, including three to the Yankees, but has kind of read the ship a bit. Uh, more recently he's a guy who does get kind of above average whiff rates uh his walk rate is really good he doesn't give up a lot of free passes there batters don't get on base at a high clip in terms of batting average against him the damage comes against him when he gives up the long ball um for his kind of pitch mix i mean he, he relies mostly on his four seam fastball and his change up those are two pitches that he's going to throw the majority of the time does mix in the cutter the slider and a curveball as well he should be throwing his four seamer a lot because it is by far his best pitch but none of his pitches have a like a bad run value they're all negative which is good for pitchers so he doesn't have that kind of that muffin you can look for it, with him you've got to be able to kind of uh, hit the pitches that are that, that you need to because he's not going to walk you. You can't go up there looking to just take a walk. You've got to go up there and, and kind of look for something you can drive. I think this is a guy you really have to go the other way against, Patrick, because he's that righty and he does throw a good, like a cutter as well as a slider. Those pitches are always going away from righties. He's going to try and jam you with his changeup. I think that's the pitch you've got to lay off of, and you've got to look to drive the cutter, the slider, and hopefully get a fastball you can do something with. Uh, not to put too fine a point on it, but who do you expect to be in the lineup against Tyler Wells? I would say a bunch of lefties. Yep. I expect <laughs> as long as Brandon Belt hasn't gone to the I.O., he will be in that game. Yeah. I'm guessing and, uh, Kiermaier will be back in uh, yep. on Tuesday based on the fact that he came in today. I would imagine Biggio gets into that game. In some way, shape, or form, you might see him at second base, and you could put uh, Merrifield out either in, out of the lineup that day or maybe in left field if if Varsho does have to kind of play center field if Kiermaier can't. But I would anticipate you'll see a, f a, f a few lefties in there for sure, Kiermaier and and Belt, and maybe Biggio and and uh, Varsho as well. So would be I would be very very. Um, put out if they didn't have those guys in there because uh, lefties do hit marginally better against him in terms of overall numbers but he doesn't have huge splits so the way that it works out is that it'll be uh, Kremer versus Bassett Bradish versus Barrios and then Wells versus Kikuchi yeah bit of a mismatch in game three but i like our chances in the first two so yeah. i think the, the pressure is really on the orioles so and and the good thing here is because of that longer porch in left field and at camden yards is that guys like barrios and kikuchi who have given up their fair share of home runs on balls to left field they might have a better chance of keeping those in the yard this this game so something to watch for anyway should be interesting my call is uh the jays take two of three just because the pitching matchups are, are very favorable. Yeah. I think they're um, very, very favorable. After after the Baltimore series, Patrick, the Jays are going to go to Texas and then to Miami for three games in both of those parks. Wow. It's kind of too, too far in advance to preview pitching matchups as a bunch could change between now and then. But just to highlight a few guys on each team who are having good years so far and people to watch for, Corey Seager is back and healthy for the Rangers now. He's played in only 33 games so far this year, but has a OPS of just north of 1,000. Uh, Marcus Simeon, former Blue Jay, of course, and uh, MVP vote-getter and second-base goal glove winner. It leads them among qualified players. It's an 848 OPS. 
And rookie Josh Jung is having a very good season, Patrick. He has an 841 OPS and is second on the team with 13 home runs while playing very well defensively at third base. Adolis Garcia is their, is their big slugger at the moment. He leads the team with 15 homers. Um, Martin Perez, Dane Dunning, and John Gray are likely the guys who are going to be starting in this, this series. But if anyone gets hurt between now and then, it'll be uh, obviously a change. Uh, Martin Perez, while he does have a 6-2 and two record, it is deceiving Patrick because uh, he has a whip of over 1.5. And it's allowing uh, has allowed ten home runs so far this year, which isn't an alarming amount, but it is more than he has traditionally given up. Uh, Dane Dunning and John Gray are both having very strong seasons. Luckily for the Blue Jays, they will not see Nathan Evoldi in this series. He is scheduled to pitch uh, against the Angels a couple days or a day prior to the Blue Jays arriving, so at least they won't see the the Texas, I guess, quote unquote ace. But uh, John Gray is having a great season as well. The Rangers have also scored 400 runs so far, which is the most in baseball. So watch out for uh, it. Should it, it might be a high might need to be a high scoring series, which is something the Blue Jays have not excelled at recently. I think the key to this one is get to Mar- Martin Perez early, knock him out of the game, beat up on that bullpen because yeah, the Dane Dunning. Is good. It's weird. You look at Dane Dunning's numbers, and they they're not really the advanced metrics are not impressive, and yeah. yet uh, he's elite. 2.52 ERA, yeah. <laughs> 1.10 whip. He doesn't strike guys out, but he also just doesn't walk. He just limits them to crappy contact. Um, maybe he's just due for, you know, getting whooped. So, whatever it is, the Jays, I think the key is don't bite on uh, Dunning's sinker, which is an absolute lethal pitch. It's also the pitch that he throws the most. So, be aware of that. Uh, get to that pen, uh, get get uh, Perez out of the game early, and then I don't even know what you really say about John Gray. What a tremendous season he's having. Yeah, he's he's kind of come uh, to the American League, and people weren't really sure what they were going to get from John Gray. Of course, he came to Texas a lot before last season, but had spent the previous all of his career in Colorado, which is notoriously not pitcher-friendly. But he always put up relatively respectable numbers there for the most part. And the last couple of seasons, he's been very good for Texas. And he's only gotten better this year. All of his off-speed stuff is elite. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not a huge strikeout guy, but he's very good at limiting contact. So I would watch out for, for him. Like You might see, oh, John Gray, like who the hell is this guy? Nobody ever talks about him. Uh, but sometimes that's a good thing because he's not having blow-ups, which is what people tend to talk about more than the good starts. So. Yeah. yeah, this is going to be a tough. This is a tough ask, especially on the road against uh, what looks to be the second best team in the American League. Yeah. Um, uh, not to disrespect Baltimore, uh, they have uh, very similar records, but well, and I mean um, Texas and and Tampa just played this weekend, and Tampa took two out of three from them so yeah um they're gonna want to beat up on somebody yeah and i mean all <laughs> of the the games like the rays won eight to three on friday the rangers won eight to four yesterday and then the uh, rays won again seven to three today so both like this the, you need to score kind of seven eight runs in the, either any of those games was the winning the winning total so you'll see i think we'll see some runs in this series uh, yeah, not sure who how the Jays starting rotation is going to line up for that one. I mean, you'll 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 for sure see Kevin Gosman, and then depending what they do with that Manoa day, you'll you'll see something there, and then likely Chris Bassett in the finale again if they keep that rotation kind of the way it's been. Um, and then going to Miami. <laughs> can I tell you? Can I yeah. say something? That, yeah, I like this Miami team. Yeah, I, I do li- too. I like them. And they're they've come around and they they're they're eight games above 500 right now patrick 37 and 29 they're second in their division only behind the atlanta braves uh it's not a team that people thought was going to compete in that national league east everyone had them fourth but because they had philadelphia and the mets both above them the philadelphia is coming on strong but the mets are two and eight in their last 10 and have fallen four games below 500 and are almost 10 uh, nine and a half games back already 
um, and what Ouch. people were people were predicting that the NL East would be just as competitive in terms of the the margin between teams, or more so than the American League East, and that's proven completely false as Tampa Bay is firmly in front right now in the East. But uh, the the Marlins are a fun team, and they've got a lot of young players. They just called up a few like three or four weeks ago their number one prospect, twenty uh, year old uh, Yuri Perez, who's been very good. He's he's got the juice. He throws gas. Luisa Rise, who they traded from Minnesota for Pablo Lopez in the offseason, is hitting 397 right now. <laughs> He's trying to become the first wow. player in almost forever to hit for 400 in a full season. Uh, he does it with, with, uh, with singles for the most part. He's got 17 extra base hits and 74 singles so far this season. But he does not strike out like hardly at all. He's put um, up Tony Gwynn numbers, is what we call it. That's people are people are, have been referring to him as kind of the modern day version of of like the closest we've seen in forever to Tony Gwynn, because at the moment Patrick he's struck out only thirteen times this year, and has walked nineteen times. So he's he's a guy who relies on Good contact Lord. to get uh, to get on base. But as you you look at his like his exit velos, his barrel percentage is in the third percentile. But his expecting batting average is 99th, and he's in the 100th percentile for not striking out. He does not chase, also in the 100th percentile there. Um, you can get, or does not whiff, excuse me. He will chase, but he does not swing and miss. He hits everything. Like, this man is nearly impossible to strike out. His spray chart is all over the place. The one home run he has was actually opposite field to, to the left field. He's a left-handed hitter. So he's just, like, he's nearly impossible to get out at the moment. And it's 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 fun to watch. He's a really fun guy to watch. He's five ten, so he's not a monster out there. He's just an average height guy. Plays second base. Plays a bit of first base too. But he's just out there spraying the ball to all fields. He's basically Bo Bichette without the power. He just has the incredible contact skills and doesn't swing and miss. So let's talk. Let's talk about uh, this absolutely phenomenal Yuri Perez. Yeah, this rookie. Uh, what the hell? Where, like, this guy, not only does he throw heat, but he's just, guys just can't hit him. Yeah. And he's not walking anybody. Yeah. And he's, he's 20. I mean, he, he, he does have a, like, a, a relatively high walk rate, but I mean, it's not, it's not overwhelming. And the fact that he's able to get such high swing and miss and chase is pretty incredible for a guy who is, yeah, like you said, 20 years old, but he's another guy who's, who's big, right? He's six, eight. He's only two twenty, So he's got some filling out to do. I was just going to say his picture on, uh, Savan, it, it looks like uh, you took a kid out of the little league world series, slapped a Marlins uniform on him. <laughs> and it's the old school Marlins. Yeah. Uniform, you, so it's, you, you, uh, he's, fantastic. he's like that one, uh, the one lanky alien in space jam who like, just was like the the gangly guy you know the sean bradley the sean bradley alien, alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 he's just that's kind of what he reminds me of he's just out there just as an absolute tree trunk of a guy like he's just this blown in the wind but he's throwing 97 average he can touch 100 with the fastball if needed and then has a deadly slider and it's it's incredible to see a 20 year old guy start to have this kind of success in his career um, because you, you, I mean, you normally see like you, you, we saw Alec Manoa come up and have a great kind of first and second season as a, as like a 24, 25 year old, but this guy's doing it at the age of 20, Patrick. He, that all of this being said, he has never pitched into, uh, or he's never gotten an out past the fifth inning. Yeah, they're um, they're careful with him. I mean, he's the, he's probably on an innings limit this year because of the fact that he's a 20 year old. I wouldn't be so. surprised. Like, I mean, there's not much for us to mine out of the limited numbers, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he doesn't see the uh, the order a third time. So mm, if yeah, you get to him early true. and often, there's there yeah. is a chance. I mean, he he's only given up three home runs and six starts so far, so you don't you can't rely on that against them. And two of them were in his very first start, by the way. Um, I sorry, seven. I guess it's uh, so six home runs. Yeah, two in his first start, one in his second start. Um, so it's been uh, I can't count four home runs in total. My God, I can't count. But yeah, he's given hasn't given up too much for home runs lately. Um, probably be a good candidate for rookie of the year if not for Corbin Carroll in Arizona. But we'll talk about him when the Blue Jays play the Diamondbacks eventually. We are gonna um, see but, Sandy Alcantara, yeah. but I I have to say 
for a guy who is just absolute like he's he is a young award winner (laughs) yeah he's the prototype i think of what pitchers are going to be for the next 10 years as far as pitch mix and uh you know what he throws he's got the the tremendous heat he's a flamethrower but he's got a a a very good change up uh but unfortunately his may was one to forget he got tagged a lot yeah, I had a rough May. I think that the biggest problem, so I have Sandy on my fantasy baseball team, so I watch his starts very closely. He seems to have kind of that one bad inning in almost every start where he yeah. it's, it's either at the beginning of the game or maybe he's cruising and all of a sudden in the fifth, he just gives up like three doubles in a row and gives up maybe a, like a walk somewhere. Um, he typically doesn't walk a ton of people. And for this season, has pretty good a very good strikeout-to-walk ratio. But his problem is that he has has been giving up plenty of like solid contact this season. Not a lot of barrels, but a lot of solid contact. And that's yeah. led to kind of a a rough go of it for him. Um I think the biggest problem really for him has been that his changeup has not been good this year. Last year, it was his best pitch by far. It was in minus 25 Ren value, and so far, it's a positive two. So he just hasn't had the, the swing and miss as well as um, kind of the put away that he had with that pitch in the past. But again, he's still a guy who's been able to give the Marlins, for the most part, like six innings plus in the majority of his starts. Like there aren't too many of his starts when you look at his at his game logs that are below six innings, which kind of goes back to my point about having that one blow up. So when he does have that blow up, if he does, the Blue Jays have to be ready to take advantage of that because that might be the only inning that he is vulnerable. It's kind of like the, the Framber Valdez start against the Astros. You've got to get to him when he shows that crack, and if you don't, you're in trouble. Yep, I think... Uh... I think these are three tough series. I think one of them has the pitching matchups that we want. Uh, and then yeah. I think Texas is going to be a tough, tough, tough series. And then Miami, I think it swings back around our way again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a, a, a tough two weeks, I think, for the Jays. But, uh, you know, we'll come back uh, when we're done enjoying life. For sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like what we do, give us a follow on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. You can find the episodes anywhere you listen to your podcasts. For Patrick out in Halifax, I am Justin here in Saskatoon, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Okay.